Wrapping Up Podcast. I'm your host, Doug Hildreth. With me, as always, is my amazing co-host, Christine Stacy. We want to thank everybody for listening in, for opening up with us, and we want to remind all of our listeners that the opinions and ideas that we express here are solely our own and nobody else's. We also want to make sure that we provide a caution to listeners that the content we discuss here is adult in nature and can be found offensive. Yes. So, last night, as we were getting ready to go to bed, I mean, I was probably half asleep already, but Doug shared with me some pretty unbelievable facts, (laughs) I would say. Pretty disheartening facts, honestly, especially as a parent, parent to children, but to a boy specifically. And yeah, so I think it also unsettled him or or surprised you. Yeah, certainly. This also stems from a blog post I just wrote, Mm -hmm. more just in general about my own um, sexuality and unhealthy relationship with sex for so long, and ultimately with pornography, right? And and it sounds like oh my god, don't say that word, but it's just it's just pornography. Yeah. So Uh, the big bombshell uh, is yeah. What are we going to discuss today? Yeah, we're going to talk about the porn problem. Okay, it kind of hit you in a different way. So let's just dive into that. So tell us about kind of what it brought up for you in your experience. Yeah, well, the problem, right, isn't with pornography itself. It's the ease with which it's accessed today. You know, so for me, right, like as a kid, I couldn't grab my parents' phone and type in an innocent search and accidentally stumble onto pornography where all I have to click is, yes, I'm 18. So tell me what happened. Yeah. So for me, like I had family members that went through the act of actively playing or putting on pornography, watching it with me while they abused me. Right. So that's how did they put it on? On a videotape, like on a cassette, you know, cause that's. They just played it on the TV with you. Yeah. You know, I mean, but that's, that's how you viewed it. Back in the day, you didn't log on to a website and watch something. You had to buy a movie. So, without naming names or anything, so who, who in general were the people that you're viewing it with? Well, my, the people that abused me. So it was abusers. Yes, correct. It's not like I was watching it with friends and family. Okay. No, that's what I'm trying to clarify. Like, the, the people or the, the... The situation in which you're watching it included abuse. Correct. Directly, yeah, was around abuse and trauma. I think that's like a really, really big thing that we outline and be clear about. Because like you said, now it can be very much outside of that. Right. Fast forward 30 years. Technology has advanced. We now walk around with highly functional and fast processing computers in our pockets, right? And access to a digital interface where we can type in anything and find results immediately, Yeah. right? Where in a world where something crazy like 28% of all searches are for sex-related topics. Yeah. Period. Not like in general. Yeah. Something where you learn statistics about how 
before the people turn 18 years old, you've got 93% of boys and 63% of girls have viewed pornography now. 63% of boys have seen pornography by the age of 11. Uh And the average age worldwide that somebody has seen or watched pornography is 11 years old now. 11. That develops a pretty unhealthy relationship and expectations around what sex and intercourse looks like, feels like, and is, and how it's expressed, right? It just changes the way you view other human beings, too. Yeah. And that is a big reality, is that it, you know, like, obviously it's, it's a movie. It's fanciful, which means that there's acting going on to a degree, and so it creates unrealistic expectations of how we treat others right. and how others should treat us when we get into bed or when we get you know, into those kind of situations. What's really fascinating about it, though, like I was saying, is that like our kids can get on our phone and they can go to it literally in a few seconds. Whereas when we were children, that wasn't an option. So the only way when we were kids that we got exposed to an industry like that, right, was because somebody was abusing us or we somehow accidentally found a tape that was not where it should have been, right? right? And you put it in to see what it was. Yeah. Something like that where it was legitimately an innocent, stumbled upon it. If you had the right kind of parents, they explained to you that that is not okay. You know what I mean? You had a talk and like we move on. Today... They say that 75% of parents think that their kids have never viewed porn and 63% of the kids already have, Hmm. right? So we live in a world where we believe there's no way it's happened to our kids. Right. And it probably already has. Yeah. And that's the issue is that there's, there's no real privacy around it because all you have to do is click, yes, I'm over 18. And most kids that are young won't even realize because they don't even think that they're doing something wrong. So that's the thing is that the statistics say these kids are unknowingly finding this stuff. It's not like 11-year-old girls are not thinking about that type of interaction. Right. Well, what I think is fascinating, too, is the discrepancy of the parents that think that that their kids haven't. Yet their kids have. So there's something happening there where kids are accidentally viewing it and something internally happens where they know, uh oh, this isn't okay. And they're not telling parents either. Correct. And so that's an interesting whole dynamic new thing that happens inside of kids, probably. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, sex is an uncomfortable topic. I, I mean, it really is. When you talk about having the conversation about sex with your parents, it is even more so emotionally uncomfortable. Now let's take it a step further. Having a conversation about watching other people have sex with your parents for accident or for enjoyment. Mm -hmm. That requires an incredibly high level of emotional intelligence and security for both parties to legitimately have the conversation and understand like why, Hey, this is not okay for you to be doing at this age. Yeah. It needs to be something that's a consensual choice when you're old enough to engage in those behaviors. And not that we have these kind of talks with our kids to be really clear, but I have always told my children and I have a stepdaughter who's older that if we are not mature enough to have a conversation about it, we are not mature enough to be engaging in it. 
And that's always been kind of my rule. If I am incapable, even as a parent, right, to sit down across from you and have an emotionally balanced conversation where we go back and forth and discuss why it's important to me that it's either happening or not happening, and you vice versa can sit down and explain to me why it's something you feel you're ready to do or not do, then it is not a conversation we're going to be having because one of us isn't ready for it. And that means that growth needs to occur in that area before it's something that we legitimately should be engaging in as a human being. That is hard to get to because what happens when it accidentally happens? That means that my child is not ready to have this conversation. So we have to be even overly ready as the parent to respond, not react, and address it accordingly. Because what happens when kids see things at this age is they develop addictions to things because they want to see it again and they go back. Or what they do is they have unhealthy relationships with people because they believe that that's how they should be treated. Or they believe that's what they should do to, so their partner is happy. You get some really wild, unrealistic expectations and we're humans. We like things that make us feel good. But more importantly, we like things that make us forget about how bad we feel. So this is where it becomes the problem because it so easily turns into that porn addiction stuff. Because even as adults, right, like the statistics are staggering when you talk about how many adults engage in it in an unhealthy way. Right. So now, yeah. And you and I are on vastly different ends of the spectrum here. Yeah. Uh, I would say that you've probably never actually actively sought out watching any pornography. That's no. just a guess. <laughs> yeah, no. Literally, no. And that's not you saying it because you're embarrassed. It's just because you have never had any interest in it. Yeah. Right. And I have been on the... I mean, I will admit... That you've seen it. No, that the industry fascinates me. <laughs> it's just beyond me. Um, and and I really do say this in a non-judgmental way. Yeah. But it is like beyond me because I can't relate internally in my own security of ever wanting to be in that industry. Like, I don't know right. how people would ever. Sure. Well, it's just a different level of comfort. Yeah. And I'm just yeah. like yeah. putting that out there. Like that is. Yeah. It's just beyond where you are at. That's just not something you're into. It is hard for uh, me to relate. Yeah. And well, and that's okay. And it is. I can say that the thing I have the strongest feelings about is thinking about my kids viewing it. Yeah, we have massive fears around that, yeah. especially with the way that things are set up, you know, like in YouTube and all that kind of yeah. stuff. So, no, it's really, really easy to hand your kid an iPad uh, to keep them quiet for a little while yeah. and just tell them to go watch some videos. Yeah. And for me, like the YouTube videos thing is a no-no. Like, I don't let them go there. I don't let them search anything. I'm like, you can watch Disney+. Plus. There are very specific places my kids are allowed to go. They don't have cell phones. They don't have access to anything like that because I know what kind of impact it had on me. Now, again, I was abused as a child while it was occurring, but I also just know what kind of an impact it had on me and how much more okay I am with pornography than the average person. Now, that I don't watch it or view it like I used to, but that's not to say that I don't ever. And so it's really, really, this is where you get into stuff that can be really uncomfortable for people to talk about. But I had a big problem with it for a long time. I was one of those people, one of those uh, hundred million people that visit Pornhub every day, right? Like yeah, every crazy. single day. 
that's the crazy thing is, is how much consumption of it is occurring. And it's because people are distracting themselves from the way they feel. And because we can. Well, yes. And I would guess, though, like, yes, you're distracting yourself from the way you feel. But also, like, like you said, a lot of kids stumble upon it by accident. Right. And so you accidentally experience probably the high. And Absolutely. I don't know, like, I, th- I think about it similar to, like, I've also never done drugs. I'm, I'm, the, <laughs> I'm the end of the other spectrum over here. Um it terrifies me, but I would bet like if you stumbled upon it, if I stumbled upon a mushroom or something like you've talked about, <laughs> I'm just putting this out there. Please. And I realize like, oh, that feels good. <laughs> no, no, not similar so to our viewers, <laughs> listeners. If you stumble upon a mushroom in the woods, please do not eat it thinking that it is a psychedelic mushroom those grow in cow poop so if you ever stumble across some mushrooms growing in a cow pasture and you think to yourself that looks nice then you can have that experience otherwise unless you know what kind of mushroom you're eating you could just die Okay, I'm trying to gather myself. That was epic. Anyways, I'm just thinking yeah. that, like, innocently, like, on the on the defensive, I guess, uh, that, like, maybe it isn't all just trying to cover up something that feels negative or whatever. Like, these kids are, some of them are probably in really great homes and families oh, where yeah. you were with I was... an abusive... Yes, I was referring more to adults viewing it so much. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't believe that kids are doing it to avoid how they feel. Yeah. The kids are doing it on accident, and then it's like the fun thing that mom and dad don't know about. Yeah. Where you're getting away with something, especially when you're young, right? Like when we're in adolescence and our bodies are developing and yeah. hormones are going crazy, we feel a lot of things. Yeah. The reality of it is is that even the statistics say that significantly less females ever view this stuff than males, right? Boys are the ones. Right, they get stimulated by it, that get triggered by it, that enjoy it, mm-hmm. um, and 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 that's where it can become problematic because when things like that get into you, right, in your mind at a young age, right, like I remember going through sex ed as a kid, and and like in you know like middle school yeah. and being told that the average male thinks about sex every three seconds, and uh-huh. I was like, who waits two seconds between between thinking about <laughs> sex? Because I think about it every second. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and I I mean, like, seriously, like that, because I had a really unhealthy relationship around sex because of the way I was brought up and the abuse that I experienced. But boys are just much more highly sexually active at a young age. And of course, now in the digital age, it's much more easy to consume and get in touch with things that really just shouldn't be available to them yet. Yeah. You know, we talk about that kind of stuff all the time. It's so hard to manage what is allowable and what is not i think this is a pretty easily agreed upon subject for every single parent in america yeah and so i'm not saying that there shouldn't be pornography what i'm saying is that the ability to access it should be so much more restricted yeah because it should be required to verify who you are and how old you are to get onto those kind of sites yeah my kids my daughters our son should not be able to type in a few words click a few links and somehow accidentally end up seeing people, you know, nude in the throes of passion, Mm -hmm. doing things like that to each other. It just shouldn't be a thing. Yeah. 
And it's really fascinating to be here in 2020, you know, and, 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 and having a conversation like this because it seems so simple and like such an obvious, like, why is this even a problem? And part of it is that it's a $17 billion a year industry in America. Yeah, it's money. It is. And that is the other side of it is that there is so much money generated by the industry that there's really a lack of give a shit Mm -hmm. regarding who can see it and when, because guess what? A hundred million people a day visit Pornhub. So how much do they give a shit if 7,500 of them are kids who accidentally wound up there? Right. It's the adults that come on that pay that matter. Yeah. And it's, we need to make it as easy as possible, as accessible as possible for everyone mm-hmm. because it equals profits. Yeah. And, and that's where it becomes that that's the pornography problem is it's just like almost everything else right now is it's just about the money and there has to be some kind of regulation on it. So <clears throat> if you're a parent and if you find issue with this stuff, there's a great site called enoughisenough.org. And it's an organization that is based on hmm. confronting this problem and trying to find ways to implement legislation to restrict access okay. for people under the age of 18. Yeah. You can go to their website. There are shocking statistics around it. And not only around pornography, around sex trafficking yeah. and how all of this stuff relates to one another. Mm-hmm. And they have places where you can donate and help in moving this forward. Because as parents, we need help. Yeah. Because we can set up all the parental restrictions we want. They can still get around it. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is that once it gets to a place where they know how to get to it, it's just like anything, man. It becomes easier to go back to the well. Once you've crossed a line, it is significantly easier to cross it a second time. Yeah. And then the third time and then the fourth time. And it is very difficult to reset the boundary and not cross that line again. Yeah. I am speaking from absolute personal experience in this. You know, I was somebody who, in my peak of unhealthy behavior, almost exclusively communicated in pornography with my partners. We would send it back and forth to each other literally all day long via text messages. So I know how easy it is to just be engrossed in that type of behavior yeah. and and genuinely feel like there's nothing wrong with it. And not that there is anything wrong with it if that's how you and your partner communicate, if that's how you guys express your sexuality, that's totally fine. But if I'm somebody who's doing it while I'm at work, if I'm somebody who's doing it while I'm in a bathroom stall because I literally just sat down and have a second so I better look at some porn if I'm somebody who does it and feels shame or guilt after I do it if I'm somebody who experiences emotions like that from the way I'm behaving around it then it's a very different experience for me and it's not something that I'm doing as a method of fulfillment as a method of eroticism with my partner it's something that I'm doing because I don't know how to deal with how I feel Mm -hmm. right so and that's where it gets really different as an adult and there are lots of ways to address it but it's being honest about it yeah and how easy is it to be honest with people about the amount of pornography you look at yeah (laughs) seriously yeah like there are a lot of people that will see this title for this episode and they'll click on it out of pure curiosity and others will be like don't even want to hear it yeah 
just because of the nature of the subject. Mm -hmm. It is an incredibly difficult topic to unpack. It really is. So if it makes you uncomfortable, that's okay. It's okay to be uncomfortable about it. It's an uncomfortable subject. But we have to get to a place where we are mature enough to listen and then to respond accordingly to what's going on. So for those of us that are parents, it's about how do we make this less accessible for our children. For those of us that might be in a marriage where one of our partners is engaging in it excessively, there are also websites and places you can go to offer help. For me, it came through starting with therapy, but also through being really transparent with my partner. Mm -hmm. And it also was because my partner, who happens to sit across from me, yeah. <laughs> expressed the willingness to listen to me without judging me. Yeah. Because you are somebody who, in all seriousness, right, like if I didn't know you as intimately as I do, yeah. knowing the naivety that you have around it, but also just your level of innocence and the moral standard that you hold yourself to, I would think I could never, ever discuss this with you. Right. Yeah. That it would not be a safe conversation for us to have because you would be disgusted by me. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what a lot of people feel is that, that whoever they approach about this, whoever they care enough about that they would want to have this conversation with will shame them. Yeah. And it's not about shame. Yeah. No, it's just about actually figuring out why we're doing it and what ways we can come up with to address it so that whatever it is for you, whatever you define as healthy becomes healthy. Yeah. And, and that's the real key is it doesn't have to be our definition because ours is very different, even yours versus mine. Yeah. But it has to be healthy. It has to be open and it has to be honest. And if it's not any of those three things, then it is unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's really easy to set clear markers for ourselves. But we get to define our sexuality and we get to define what we view this stuff as. And I think that's what's cool about our relationship yeah is that we're in we're in very different places in regards to what we do or how we feel about it but together we're very very clear about it all yeah a hundred percent so okay so i feel like we scratched the surface here uh but there's a lot more to cover so i think this will probably turn into a couple episodes here Ooh. but uh but I think it was fascinating to hear your perspective. and We thank everybody for tuning in and listening. Thank you guys for opening up with us. We'll talk to you soon.